When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With me in the studio today, I have two really special people, dear friends, Dr. Lillian and Dr. Irinal. Thank you so much for being here with me Thank today. You. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you both here, and I know the listeners are going to be because we're going to talk about those woman issues, you know, things like menopause and PCOS and hormones and all those kind of things. Yeah. And I, 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 just first of all, tell the listeners what you are. So do you want to start with you? Well, I'm Lillian, Lillian Lockett-Robertson. I am a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist. Uh, I was in private practice for about 22 years, and now I work uh, employed at St. Joseph's Medical Center in Tacoma, Amazing. Washington. And I've worked as an obstetrician and gynecologist for many, many years and worked with women from womb to tomb. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> womb to, to tomb. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Well, you and I have been friends for years and you just have are filled with wisdom. You're also a pastor's wife. Yes. And yes. so you pastor your church and co-pastor your church and yes. do all kinds of woman training and your Absolutely. community centers. Yes. You know, my, my husband pastors and has pastored for the past several years. We've married for about five years now. Um, and it's really interesting that for the longest time I've worked in, in a hospital setting and yes. worked with patients as an outpatient. And so now that's extended to a congregation and to a Good community thing. as well. So it's actually enabled me to uh, broaden my scope in terms of you know, how I see women and treat them through the community and through the congregation. And it's really, really been good. The blessing has come to me from meeting you, actually, because oh, nice. you know I Thank grew up you. in a home that's with you know, Christian mother and father in a very godly home and uh, just happened to go to medical school. So I grew up with wow. this just whole notion. Just happened to go to, of, just in, just happened to, go to medical school. That's whole, a big deal. Wow. <laughs> this whole notion of faith. And, I, I you know, it, it was almost like it was mutually exclusive. And you either had faith or you went to the doctor. And so they wow. didn't coexist. They didn't coexist, which is you crazy, have, isn't it? Your ministry has been a platform to really embrace both aspects that I've those industries that I've come to know and work in. And so I'm really grateful for oh. meeting you and to get exposed to the ministry that God has given you. It's Thank really you. Well, a difference in how I practice you. medicine. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. I'm so honored. And Irinal? Yes, I'm Irinal Sancho. I'm an endocrinologist. I uh, have been practicing internal medicine since 1991. And in the last 10 years, um, I specialize in endocrinology. Uh, I'm employed, um, an outpatient, mostly outpatient practice in endocrinology. I'm a mother of two girls. Please. And again, during my um, struggle with breast cancer, I was exposed to your books because I need to figure out. Again, I knew all the medical <laughs> stuff, but I didn't get all my answers there. So I needed to understand uh -huh. what's going on and how can I help myself in this process. So that's how we came in contact, and I was blessed by your ministry. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I'm just so honored because both of you are just so highly qualified and fulfilling such phenomenally important roles in people's lives, helping them to manage their health. And for you to see the, you know, it's been my dream to get physicians to see the importance of mind, you know, and that's why I'm so pleased to have, to see what you're doing, and, and I'm so excited. Okay, so let's talk about, let's talk about, should we talk about menopause first, or should we talk about the 
I want to talk about menopause, PCOS, <laughs> and a whole lot of things, but and sort of the, the, the about the birth, prenatal sure. hormones. Let's start girls. with the birth, so, well, you <laughs> and know, then go to menopause. Maybe. Maybe. We'll, we'll just work our way do. through the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, birth, is, you know, of course, it's uh, it's been wonderful being an obstetrician for so many years and mm-hmm. to work with women uh, with having healthy births and healthy deliveries. But I always found that the way that we would help the ladies have a healthy delivery would be to start with them having a healthy prenatal care and their mindset and their perspective towards uh, really seeing the doctor, being compliant with their visits, taking their vitamins, eating right, and having the right mindset and the right Mm -hmm. attitude about conception um, basically transferred into them having a healthy delivery experience. So that mind, sorry to interrupt you, so that mind aspect is a very vital vital component of successful pregnancy and birth and Yes, yes, Carolina. Mine is so important in terms of how women do through pregnancy. You know, and sometimes women will have stress during pregnancy and increases their risk of hyperemesis gravidarium. We learn that, that that's excess nausea and vomiting with pregnancy. We see those ladies that have that particular condition and we work with them with changing their diet and eating small frequent portions and sometimes we have to add some uh, anti-emetic things like Zofran and fair medicines to keep them from vomiting so that the nutrients Mm -hmm. can get to the baby. But when we really roll back what the problem is, almost invariably there's some stress. There's an issue with a spouse, you know, the father of the baby, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So we have to almost always look at those factors while we're treating them. So the mind is always so, connection is so important, so particularly important. as early as pregnancy. That's incredible. Pregnancy. But I wanted to add to that because I see pregnant ladies with thyroid conditions, and they never mm. had a thyroid condition before. That's, That's one category. Yes. So, and they do have excessive vomiting, and you know, yeah, uh, right, the better HCG goes up, and <laughs> <laughs> excessive vomiting, yes. and it links to the you know some inflammation in the thyroid. A yeah. lot of time we end up just observing them. Yeah. Because you don't want, you know, they think they're hyperthyroid, like too much thyroid hormone. But actually, um, if it's just mildly elevated in mm-hmm. a pregnancy, it's not dangerous. So we choose not to give to medications. Right. On the other side, they can have too little thyroid hormone. So that's very important for the development, the intellectual development right. of the baby. Right. You know, wow, that very that's, well. the first thing, that's the first thing we look for. When these ladies come up with... No, extreme nausea, mm-hmm. extreme vomiting, weight loss, and you know we first look obviously for the thyroid levels mm-hmm. to make sure those are good, mm-hmm. and then we work from there. So yeah, it's very very important to have a yeah. So a you know, but what level. I'm observing also, as you mentioned, there are some family issues, some stressors, some trauma, some things that were not dealt with. So mm-hmm. that gets uh, translated into a physical condition in a lot of circumstances. That's amazing. Yeah. So that, that connection, you can't avoid the mind-brain connection. Thank goodness we have medicine to <laughs> treat it, but we have to, it doesn't treat, medicine's not going to fix the mind. And do you both find that that's an issue with your patients, that Absolutely. they want you to fix Absolutely. my mind with my medicine, fix the stress yes. with my medicine? Yeah, give the, me a pill, fix me, yeah. so fix I don't me. need to, I can go back to everything I did before. Without <laughs> doing any work, just you know, pop the tablets, you know. That's the beauty of your teaching. Um, it really gives, it puts the onus back Onto the patient, you know, that the doctor's so, not yeah. here to fix everything. There's no one-stop fix. No. That you have the power to think differently, to respond differently, and to make a difference in your overall health 
based on how you think. Isn't that, isn't that so incredible? It's, it's Do they incredible. receive it? Do you find your patients receive this, or is it a quite a challenge to get them to take that responsibility? I find it's quite a challenge um, mm-hmm. a lot of times. They are definitely that category of patients that they want to be involved and they want to partner with you. And actually, the illness is um, easy to control. They get better. Yeah. You know, they they are very compliant, as we say. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely that category of patient that they, you know, they want you to do everything. You to know what they're taking at home. And I say, hey, I'm not at your house. I don't yeah. have a way to see what you're doing. Exactly. You need to yeah. tell me. Yes. They want you to remind everything, you know, uh, about taking the appointment, you know, having appointments, taking the medications. It's like Gosh. no responsibility. We, you know, they need to be our partners. And sometimes I say, you know, I cannot do this alone. You, you need to. to help me. So we need to empower <laughs> yeah. them. And it's a lot of literature in medicine empowering the patient to take to, responsibility. Yeah, for to take healing. responsibility. Absolutely. And some, it's a little more work than in and other this, cases. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised sometimes they know show for the first appointment it's like how interested were you in that first Actually, appointment yeah. if you missed it and not because you're in the hospital or something yes. but just because i forgot it's like where's that responsibility yeah so that patient mm-hmm. it's already will not gonna put too much work in to develop you know more um of the, of the practical the mind, mind. To change their minds. <laughs> That's incredible. So you saying that what you're both saying is that it is the they kind of expecting you to um, remind them of the basic stuff like come to the appointment right. to take the medicine correctly those. But in addition to that, they want you to also fix all the other issues. So to get them to take responsibility yes. for core issues. That yes. could be the causative factors of what they're going through is, is something right. that's very difficult. Right, okay, right. so let's lead into things like PCOS because we, I get so many questions about that. And obviously, yeah. I can't answer those. I can just answer from a mind perspective how to manage it. So what well, you what know, advice polycystic you? ovarian syndrome. Yes. It's not a disease. It's a syndrome. Exactly. In the basic way we... Can you say that again? <clears throat> polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's not a disease. It's a syndrome. Very and interesting. Basically, okay. what we usually will find, ladies that have very few menstruations, oligomenorrhea, and or anovulation, where they don't ovulate. And usually, we diagnose it if they have less than four to six periods a year. Okay. Okay. In addition to that, these ladies sometimes will have hyperandrianism, which means that they may have mustache growth or, yeah. you know, sideburns or deepening of the voice in voice. some instances. But there's ex- excessive levels of the male hormone, okay. testosterone. And the third way, according to the Rotterdam studies, is that on ultrasound, we can literally see small follicular cysts on the ovaries. Okay. And so that's where the polycystic ovarian syndrome so comes, comes from. So yeah. if you have two of those things, then generally... You get the diagnosis of polycystic mm-hmm. ovarian syndrome. Okay, all right. As an as a gynecologist, we tend to see it in our young ladies because sometimes their periods are delayed. The onset yes. of starting of periods are delayed, or we will often see it in, when they're looking to get pregnant, going through their fertility years, and they and, can't, and they can't because they're not ovulating. Yeah. And or we see sometimes signs and symptoms of you know male patterns of balding or hair growth in certain places yeah. that would be more related to androgen excess. Yes. And so the guy gynecologist sometimes because we're the first doctor that most young women will see, we'll see, we see it early on. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then you work quite closely with endocrinologists about the... Yeah, I do see them. And again, um, in uh, in endocrine world, you know, mm-hmm. there, um, there are a lot of genetic defects um, mm-hmm. in children, infants. You know, we have a condition called congenital adrenal hyperplasia. 
um, that is diagnosed in infancy. But in late onset of the genetic dis, um, uh, dis, uh, disease, yes. um, it's the 21-hydroxylase deficiency. It's an enzyme. You know, they don't have those... Um, problems as infants so they come for the first diagnosis when they're teenagers because mm -hmm. of the late periods okay. or um, you know intermittent periods and they have it just four times a year uh, obesity you know hair growth um, yeah. uh, male um, development Symptoms, of yeah. the um, voice and, and hair so we need to differentiate is this a genetic thing which still take has treatment, but yes. they have problems with fertility, of course, or this is just uh, because of the mid-American diet. Uh -huh. uh, you know, of course, okay. some genetic background because, you know, when we live yeah. in families, we call that multifactorial. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind yeah. of inherit the same thing. And the most important thing this um, people need to understand, it's the risk for diabetes. Right. Because, yes, and as you uh, mentioned very well, you may have, you know, two out of three. Mm -hmm. um, and, yes, periods, we need them regular in order for our bodies to function regular, mm -hmm. but also the risk for diabetes. A mm -hmm. lot of these patients are pre-diabetic mm -hmm. or very close to yeah. uh, diabetes even if they become pregnant you know they may have gestational diabetes yeah. so mm -hmm. this is the uh, important and uh, you know very important to work on it to prevent cardiovascular damage wow. you know also Caroline amazing, one yeah. of the things too as when you talk uh, Dr. Arnell about pre-diabetes we look at the insulin level mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. insulin is a hormone mm -hmm. that's made by the pancreas and mm -hmm. when the insulin level is high it predisposes these ladies to having all of this excess androgen, androgen yeah. release also. Yeah. And then their periods are irregular, number one, and then they gain a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And so when the insulin is not functioning, that means if you're eating the modern American diet, and we refer back to yes. thinking it yourself smart, Mark, which was yeah. so helpful and when we started to work mm -hmm. with these ladies as an outpatient, when you eat the modern American diet and there's excess glucose mm -hmm. stimulation, mm -hmm. these insulin hormones are very, very high, but the tissue does not respond. No. And so mm. where you cells have aren't letting it in. Cells are the, mm -hmm. the cell yeah. block. The cell block. Insulin yeah. cannot get can't into get the cell. In. And the insulin so needs ladies, to get in in order to carry, you know, to, right. to do the so work these, of the cell. These young ladies, these young girls actually are functional diabetics. Mm -hmm. And wow. so that's the one thing that we see with this polycystic ovarian syndrome. We see a lot of type of high risk for type mm. 2 diabetes. Yeah, and you know the high insulin levels actually stimulate the androgen, the male hormone. That's why they develop the extra hair. Now, sometimes they don't have a lot of hair. That's why we call it syndrome and not a yes. disease. disease. Okay. Um, you know, maybe they have more acne. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had right. patients with a lot of acne and no hair, uh, like excessive hair, but still okay, too but few periods. Acne. Okay. Too right. few periods. Okay. So then obesity. Obesity is more than what I'm seeing. Or, uh, weight gain that's quite weight gain. Uh, easy, easily gaining weight. Mm -hmm. kind of but these, yeah. these, when you have these uh, polycystic ovaries, these ovaries are making, these small follicles mm -hmm. in the ovaries are making thicker cells and mm -hmm. uh, yes. cells that are excreting. That's where the testosterone yeah, comes excess, from. Excess excess levels of testosterone. From the ovarian okay. source. Because yeah. you have testosterone from adrenal glands and, you know, unless you have an adrenal tumor, you know, you're not going to have too much. It. But you have too much testosterone from Coming the ovaries. From the ovaries. Yeah, yes. that sounds crazy, so doesn't real, it? The ovaries. It's a real... Difficult Difficulty one to the diagnose hormone. and manage the hormones. So right. how do you manage it then? What is the um, best way? Well, you know, what we start with our young ladies, we first try to work with them when they're 
a lot of them we will see as teenagers. Yeah. And so we start so making sure their lifestyle changes, yeah, making exercise. sure they're eating properly, making sure exercise. they're staying away from a lot of the modern American diets, the fast foods, and that they're exercising. Exercise is mm-hmm. very, very important. Mm-hmm. So we try to get the lifestyle change, and we talk to them and helping them to understand this is not a disease. Mm-hmm. You will be able to have children. Your fertility years, you know, there may be some challenges, but you can get pregnant mm-hmm. if that's what you desire at a later yeah. time. But lifestyle change is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And then we have to work, and you can speak more to this, Ernell, in terms of balancing the hormones. Because what's happening mm-hmm. here is our estrogen levels, they get Hormone. a little bit higher than what they should at certain times. But because they're not making estrogen properly, you know, it's very, very low. They're mm-hmm. not ovulating. And so you need yeah. a burst of, you know, luteinizing hormones at a certain yes. time of the month to make sure these girls mm-hmm. are having periods. And so it keeps the estrogen levels at so you doing that through medication, through putting them on different one of the one of the mainstays in the first response, particularly as gynecologists, is to give these young ladies small doses of oral contraception. Yes. And to the reason for that is to keep the ovaries, you know, from basically going up, up and down, down in terms of what they're secreting too much male hormone, but mm-hmm. it limits the male hormone mm-hmm. and it balances out the estrogen. And so okay. what, what it does sometimes, it gives a certain amount of progesterone because it's the progesterone that's withdrawn mm-hmm. during a certain part of the cycle mm-hmm. will, that will allow these girls to menstruate. That's incredible. So we want them to menstruate. We want all of our young yeah. girls to menstruate at least eight times mm-hmm. to 10 times a year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. To keep the hormones balanced, to keep the, to keep the acne from forming, to keep okay. them from gaining a lot of weight, and also to just keep the hormonal situation, situation under control. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I use medications too, but because you have to use, you know, oral contraceptives are the first uh, line, but also we do a progesterone withdrawal test to see mm-hmm. if they actually, because if they have, if they don't have cycles, their uterine mucosa gets thicker. Yes. So you don't want abnormal mucosa to do like endometrial hyperplasia that can become a precancerous or, you know, even a uterine cancer issue. Yeah. So we want a progesterone withdrawal to see where are they. Some of them, they don't have enough estrogen. Of course, they don't have any mucosa, so they're not going to bleed after that treatment. But if they bleed, it's good. They kind of shed all that thickness of the um, okay. endometrium so, you can so then you start on. with a birth control right. and you know kind of regulate Cycle. their cycle so they yeah. don't produce too much testosterone too much insulin um, I use also metformin which is yes. a diabetic mm-hmm. medication but it's a very old medication still really good yeah um, because works on uh, fatty liver mm-hmm. um, people with diabetes pre-diabetes insulin resistant develop this fatty liver you know can progress to cirrhosis so Ooh. you want to work and heart disease and, and heart, heart disease, disease. yes. Okay. So that's but again, that it's not like you, we use and we use spironolactone. Of course, if we don't want them to be pregnant, we want them to be on a birth control. Yes. And spironolactone is contraindicated even two three months before the pregnancy. Yes. So um, that diminishes even more the testosterone level. So we have three different medications that work in a different work. way okay. and we can put them together. But again, if the they problem. don't do that exercise, if they, they don't, don't change the diet, and you if they don't get, get their mind right through the whole process, that medicine is yes. not going to work right. for And I noticed a lot of these young um, people are very stressed, stressed about the college, stressed, stressed about, about everything. You know, they've got loans, a lot of them, and, and, they just, and they boyfriends and girlfriends. Exercise. And, right. 
You know, they said, I'm walking. It's like, you're 15, you're 16, you're 20. It's like, walking is for that 80-year-old lady that (laughs) can't really do much. You you should be be in a sport. I never had someone involved in a sport in high school in... You know, they're okay, sedentary. So they said, and that's a big part of today's that's a life. Big, that's a big yes, problem in today's life. Problem. Absolutely, absolutely. I have to stop you both, and I have to have you both back because we've come to the end of the our time. But we're going to have to do another podcast soon to get because this has been phenomenal information. I know that thousands are going to be helped by what you've just said. I can't thank you both enough. It's incredible. Thank you. It's well, you I need you both back again. Yes. Okay. okay. Thank you both, both of you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.